This is the Sonicast, where artists discuss their passion for creating music. We discuss everything about music creation, from the tech needed for success to music education. So if you love making beats, film scoring, or creating sample packs, this is the show where you'll regularly hear from experts in their field, discuss their experiences, and learn from what makes them highly sought-after professionals. Today's guest is Nick Spann. Nick is a leading sound designer in his field, specializing in creating sample packs for companies such as Loopmasters. He also is a performing drummer, having played halftime with rocker Alice Cooper at the Suns Arena and cumulatively in front of millions of people playing for various worship bands and churches. He's got lots of excellent wisdom to share here. Uh, back with Nick Spann, um, and uh, we took our, our time in our last uh, segment to talk about how you got started in music, got started in music creation, what you do, what inspires you. Really, really good deep dive discussion, so um, I recommend people to take a listen to that one. Uh, it's a really good explanation for you, and, and I think aspiring artists can really look at your upbringing, too, and really get a lot from it. I mean that, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, in this segment, what I want to do is just talk a little bit more about your what you're doing now. Um, oops, sorry. The kind of music you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, tell me a little bit about who you're working for mm-hmm. right now. Um, so right now, uh, I have done a lot of um, contract work, or I, I should say freelance work because I haven't signed any contracts with that freelance stuff. Okay. So I still hold rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was discovering this through Fiverr, um, is that if someone makes the material, mm-hmm. but doesn't sign anything still owns rights, even though Fiverr has their terms. So I was like, I just want to make sure I fully mm-hmm. own my stuff and that someone else doesn't. So, um, did a quite a bit of stuff in Fiverr with a lot of freelance stuff last year, I think it was. So that kind of had like really helped me flex my music muscle with like making pop tunes or, you know, stuff that really makes me uncomfortable okay. and like has to like challenge me. Would you recommend that someone who's getting started in this go to Fiverr or something like that to just contribute um, things? I, that's a really good question because I would say in the beginning, probably sorry after, <laughs> probably um, after someone has, a good understanding. I, I would say if someone was in my shoes to where they know their value mm-hmm. is to kind of stay away from Fiverr because it, it devalues and one, it's challenging to get a Fiverr page up and going and get steady clients unless you do a super low price. That's something. And it's like, you know, a song, a track that I make is not worth five bucks, but right. it's worth significantly a lot more. Got it. So it's kind of like there's that balance. So someone who's a hobbyist maybe or someone who isn't a professional company or a professional, mm-hmm. then it would be a good mixture. Of, Interesting. Because you get what you pay for. Right. In, in, in the long run. So it's like you want $50, $50 worth of a track, you're going to get $50 worth of a track. Right. You know, it's only going to take me a half hour to do it. Great point. So Great point. <laughs> Great point. Okay. So all you people who are starting out there, um, it's something to keep in mind in how you do start. Um, as you do, because I know that, you know, here at Sonic Productions, we, we found you as being a sound designer and, and 
your work is impeccable. And uh, later on and in the show notes, I want to include where people can find your stuff just independently mm-hmm. too. Um, I think it's important people be able to listen to your whole brand. Um, take me a little bit through your creative process. Uh, when you're starting out stuff, do people give you ideas first mm-hmm. and then you work from there? Or is it just something that comes from the, your head and you decide to put it down? How does a creative process work for you? It'll, it'll depend. So <clears throat> if I get something that's, you know, through Fiverr or someone wants me to make a track, I always ask, Hey, give me, give me a reference track just so I can okay. see where your head's at because music law today, you, it's, you want to avoid copyright. Mm-hmm. So I ask them for a reference and then I go based off that. And now that I have more tools, I can make a more identical track without, you know, having to use too many electronic elements. You have to worry about copyright, obviously. Yeah. Um, have you run into points where copyright really kept you from getting things done? I mean, no, you, because you watch out for that all the time. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, and if it's like a, a chord structure that I don't know because I'm not, I'm not a keyboard player, hmm. even though I dabble, um, I can avoid copyright because there are certain ways to, uh, look at a loop and recreate it. So you, this was actually a really good example I saw on YouTube from a producer. His name is a new tone and he is on a record label called hospital records. Excellent dude. Hmm. And he had a tutorial or like a little, you know, seminar or not seminar, but class of how to reconstruct a loop to avoid copyright. So he had this one funk loop that he had for reference and he goes, okay, there's bass, there's drums, there's electric guitar, and there's a synth. And he said, it's in a major key. So I'm going to do a major key as well and kind of follow where the hits are because there were some pushed hits on like E or, uh, um, so he, took the piano line and was like, okay, I'm going to play a major key. And he played a similar phrasing of mm-hmm. that. And then he took the drums that were similar in sound. Right. Same with guitar. Um, so it was like, oh, okay. So that's how you can avoid copyright hmm. is have a track that you reference and then reverse engineer it and then make it your own. So you're taking elements. So I'm going to take this piano. This is a Rhodes. I'm going to, I have a Rhodes this is in C, I'm going to go maybe E major. So you're avoiding yeah, so, same progression. So do you find yourself using that technique to do sound-alike music? Um, not necessarily, okay. because if it's a sound-alike thing, it's like, okay, I have a snare that sounds like that. It's probably the same snare. It's Got a, it. It's a royalty-free sample. Hmm. Um, it only starts to get tedious if you're copying progression of melody. Got it. So it's really hard to copyright a sound Right, Um, right. Because that's where Steve and I were talking about, like, um, the, uh, I don't know if I should. No, you're, that's good, that's okay. Um, That's That's where we were talking, like, copyright is such a silly thing because you don't have, you have three core, like, if you're, you know, one, four, five, six progression in a C major, how can you copyright that? Because that's so universal. <laughs> right. It's like, it, that doesn't you, make any you sense. Don't, you don't own that. Yeah. It's like copywriting words. Mm-hmm. Like, can I copyright the word, you know, hello, how are you? Mm-hmm. It's like, I said, hello, how are you? And it's, it belongs to me. It's yeah. Like, no, wait a minute. Hold on. Other people are going to use that as well. Yeah. It's, it's, it's super ridiculous that it's great point based off that because of terms of money, because I, I need this, this is my property. 
Um, I need to hoard it. I need to make money. I need to monetize. Like I understand the business aspect of it. Sure. It's more so of the artists who understand that people are going to torrent or, you know, stream or whatever to get something because they don't have the money. They're going to get it regardless. Yeah. You can't like, that's like telling someone not to think about a purple elephant constantly. Right. right. It's going to happen. (laughs) Yeah. So it's interesting too. We could, we could dive into the subject at another time, but there's, there's a whole um, intellectual property battle that's going on now uh, where even with Sonic Productions, you know, we're, we're doing sound like music so Mm -hmm. that, Folks don't run into the whole copyright issue. Yeah. We're creating music for a lot of folks for that very point. So mm-hmm. we can go into that at some point later yeah. on. That's a, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. Right, this is really great stuff. Let's take just a couple of minutes for an advertisement break. Hi there. I'm Dan Young, co-founder of Sonic Productions, your music production company. We partner with businesses to help you deliver your best message professionally, elegantly, and with the power to capture your audience. Our goal is to serve you as you seek to grow your brand, whether you use Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or other mediums like podcasting or television. We'll work with you to custom tailor a song to fit your campaign, or you can visit our music licensing business, Sonica, to choose from over 100 original songs ready for licensing. Voiceover narration is also available. So when it's time to seriously consider growing your business, consider Sonic Productions to stand out. Sonic Productions. Our music, your story. Visit us at www.sonicproductions.biz to contact our team and to learn more. Um, so how do you feel about listening to some of your stuff? I, I want to, you, sure. you had sent me a few samples, mm-hmm. um, and I really want to take some time for you to walk us through your creative process on it. Um, the first one that I'm going to draw up is one where you called it ambient textures. Okay. Uh, and so uh, I'll, I'll dial it up here in just a moment, but I want you to, just to kind of take us through it, take us what we're listening to, how you got it started with it, and uh, go from there, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, so here we go. Ambient textures. <laughs> well, I not, didn't realize the mix it's, sounded that clean. It's, it's, not, it's not the headphones. It's your work, brother. <laughs> um, and I wanted, you know, whenever we, we, we contribute music for, for Sonic Productions, mm-hmm. I always want your stuff to go on and on. Because I'll yeah. like go, that was just way too short. I wanted much more <laughs> of that. Take me a little bit through your, your, mm-hmm. your creative process yeah. on Ambient Textures. So Ambient Textures was a, um, was a texture pack for Loopmasters. And basically I mm-hmm. did all the sounds from scratch because Loop Masters has a couple of VSTs out. Mm-hmm. They have Bass Master, which is a bass synth, and they have Chords, which is a synthesizer that when you press one key, if you press C3, it plays a chord, major or minor. Okay. So um, I made ambient textures with the idea of um, chords in mind, the okay. VST, not chords itself. So okay. I did major, minor, chords, but I wanted to make sure that each, the challenging part about it was I couldn't use any, any effects. 
So I couldn't because all of the all of the effects are going to be processed through chords. Okay. So it's a sample based machine. Okay. So you don't want delays, reverbs. If it's chorus, it has to be like super minor. Okay. Or a flanger, it has to be like super minor as well that it doesn't take away from the actual sound itself. Right. So the challenging part was making a wholesome patch out of like FM8 or uh, Waldorf's Largo or like an MS20 patch. Like everything had to be the best it could be playing within the, within the synthesizer itself. And then I bounce it out and then drop it into chords. So the idea wow. and approach behind the demo tracks was to showcase what chords ambient textures sound sounds like. Okay. Um, so that previous track was, uh, just showing off the ambient textures, um, of homemade patches that I made from scratch. Wow. Um, and it was more so the, the context of it being four on the floor, very minimal house tune. Got it. Was that's what, that's what the vibe was. That's what that patch was calling for because it kind of gives this kind of uh, shuffle vibe. So this entire, that, that ambient textures we just listened to wasn't something you just sat down at a couple of keyboards and started from scratch right there. It was a culmination of a lot of other work you've done mm-hmm. that you brought into this particular yeah. recipe. Mm-hmm. I see. Because okay. with, with a lot of the stuff that I do with Loot Masters, I have to make demo tracks showcasing the work I've done. I see. So, um, with, uh, a sample pack that I just did earlier this year, back in January, I had to showcase what my pack sounded like. So Mm -hmm. I basically was making a a demo track of my own stuff. Sorry. Sorry about that. (laughs) Um, I was making a demo track of my own stuff. So I had my sample pack open, clicked and dragged stuff into the DAW. So I didn't really have to worry about like production or, or orchestration because I kind of already did that with the samples itself because it. it's supposed to be a click drag. You just, it's easy to think. Right, 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 kind right. Ideal. Wow. So, you know, as you're, as I'm listening to ambient textures per, per, particularly, I, I always think, you know, as a producer, I'm thinking like I could use that for so many different things. Mm-hmm. Is that particular uh, sound being used by loop masters and a lot of other stuff that you know of? Um, Yes, because they will, um, I just found out too, because I was doing some research. There's a website called Plugin Boutique. Okay. And if you guys are producers mm-hmm. and you want to get good deals constantly, mm-hmm. go to Plugin Boutique, mm-hmm. you get excellent deals. But on a, I'm not, you know, sponsored by them or anything like that. But um, on Plugin Boutique, they have uh, chords and bass master on the shop. Okay. And they have those demo tracks on that website to showcase the pack you're buying. Right. So I was like, okay, I made these demo tracks. Where are they? They're not on the website, um, as far as I can tell, but they're on Plugin Boutique because whenever you look at a new plugin or something, they'll give you demo tracks of before and after, or like, this is what you're buying. Hmm. Rather than like, hey, here's the synth. Well, what does it sound like? Right. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Um, you want to take us through another? Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing, too. I, if you're not comfortable doing it, I, I do want to let you know you're welcome to just talk me through them as they're going. You don't have to wait till it's yeah. done. But, I, but, I like but you for, like you, you're listening. To yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm all about I'm all about that. So. So, yeah, as we listen to it, I, I, you're welcome to just jump right mm-hmm. in and listen to things. I think our, our audience will like listening to it. But cool. I think what's important is that people want to hear your thoughts on it also. Yeah. Uh, this one is you call it solace. Mm hmm. 
So with with that tune, I don't know I don't know why I get like a sense of nostalgia like nostalgia, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but also like it, there's a sense of beauty that almost like that choke I get choked up every time I hear it for some reason. Interesting. Um and that's just me. Uh so for me that tune is really emotional. Okay. But that wasn't the intention when I was writing it. I was writing it with so basically the drums in the background were a loop from a different project that I dragged over. And I was like, I, let me experiment with, you know, 90 BPM and not like, you know, 180. Um, so I was trying to figure out how do I, how can I dive into like the hip hop or like trip hop realm and express how I feel. Okay. And what I do, what I did with this track is I was trying to go for a vibe. Okay. I was purely vibe what kind of really speaks to me. And I'm not one, excuse me, um, I'm not one that uses samples a lot because I'm a content creator. But for the sake of storytelling within music, when you have an idea and you want to go fast, yeah. you need to have stuff on call. So I just, I didn't want to spend 30 minutes making a sound. I'd rather spend five seconds dragging something over sure, and channeling it. So everything is built around <clears throat> the uh, road sample in the beginning. Everything is built around that. Okay. So I ended up taking um, bass. So the only sample that is really used is the intro and then the get like guitar at the end guitar like pluck sound. Okay. But everything is built around that vibe because it just felt too good to try to butcher it. Sure. Or, you know, make it something different because it's like a, it's like having a recording of something from, you know, the seventies or sixties that you can't recreate that ever again. Right. And you want to keep it as its integrity. So I'm going to divulge a mm-hmm. little bit from our conversation here. As I hear you talking about this song and you talk about how it makes you feel and the nostalgia that comes behind it, does it make it difficult for you as a sound creator to hear your song and your music being used for things outside of, you know, like, I mean, if you heard it like in some serial commercial, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> how does that make you feel as a creator? Is that, does that get to you or Um, are you capable of letting it go once it's done? I'm totally fine because I can play this anytime I want. 
Okay. Like I, I can go back and be like, I, I interesting want to have this vibe, so I'm just going to play it. Okay. Or if if I feel inclined, I'll just make something that's along that line and then just keep it in my bank for me. Okay. Okay. Um, and then that way it's just. Do you have a lot of stuff in the bank that's just for you? Um, I do. Okay. I do. I kind of, you know, have, you know, stuff that's like just for me. Right. Or projects that are sitting. Because <laughs> for some reason, producers have a lot of stuff that just sits. Yeah. Um, or like an idea that there's been times where I I've, dig that. There's been times where I've written or wrote an idea. Um, for example, like four years ago, there was something that I wrote like a drum loop that was way ahead of where I was at. And it was like, okay, I didn't know how to like stay in that. Okay. It was just in that moment. I wasn't thinking the process wrote itself. Okay. And it was too far ahead of where I was at for my like mental development. And you knew it then. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, there's like, I knew that there was something big okay. there with that like That's section good. that I wrote, but Whoa. it's like, I'm going to set this aside and wait until I'm ready or, you know, until I can open that back up and it writes itself. How often does that happen? Um, it's more so cons- a lot more consistent than it is today than it was years ago because of, wow, I know how to create that <clears throat> environment to where I stay within that zone of creativity Okay, or, you know, not, you know, being lazy with, you know, things. And that's kind of what's helped me. It's like, okay, if I worked, you know, two days on a drum loop, Mm -hmm. that's fine because the drums are great. So now I'm willing to spend a week on sound design for my own track. Right. Um, there's a guy named Brian Transal or BT. I'm a huge fan. Um, I got to meet him at NAMM as well. And I would like to meet him again without the fangirl. (laughs) that I was (laughs) because I was like, man, I just blew it. So anyway, he, every now and again, (laughs) he, he kind of keeps private as well. Okay. Um, he doesn't always, uh, you know, show what he's doing or he'll like do like a studio tip or something, but he doesn't like stream his work like Twitch or, you know, something live. Right. Um, but he goes into like the delicacies of when he like breaks down a, a break beat and makes something, he spends so much time on it. But since he's channeled that it's quick, Okay, it's not for like the average person. It would be like, Oh man, that, that would take like a, two weeks to do when it would take him a day wow. or two. Wow. So when you get into that system of really giving or working on trying to give 100% in that moment, then you get used to doing that on right. a consistent basis. So now it's like I can write something. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, I didn't know that was there. I didn't know that was in me because I was just messing around and trying to get an idea. So if somebody's kind of new to this and they feel like, you know what? I spent two, three weeks on this one track and it's so good. Um, if they want to be a professional and they want to get into what you're doing, making sound packs for a living, what advice would you give somebody? Um. I would, I would say continue to finish stuff. That's good. Because that was the major thing because I'm now at the point to where I've been doing music production for a decade. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's now turning into work, but I don't have 
any self-work to show for it because I wasn't finishing stuff on a consistent basis. Got it. Um, it was only now at the point I have like demo tracks and I can, you know, write solace only took, I think two and a half hours. I was going to ask you how long it, how long yeah, it, takes it was to make this. super short. Okay. So for me to actually write a tune or a song, I can probably crank out a, a solid four to five minute tune a week, that's but that's just only focusing on the song. Right. No other work. Right. Um, because the allotted energy and time that you have in a day has to be focused on that. Okay. And there's only a certain amount of time and energy and bandwidth that you have within every moment that you're working on something. Right. That, you know, so, uh, so maybe not, not to necessarily look at the masterpiece, but to look at production, mm -hmm. just quantity, production, 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 because you'll find, you'll find weak spots of, um, I'm making a lot of tunes, but my mix is a little lame. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, Mm -hmm. what can I do to make my mix better? So you'll work on your mix, but you're used to making tunes. So you're, you have that habit of cool. I have, you know, four songs and each mix is getting better. It's not like you're trying to do five things at once when you're working on something, right? Because then you're just, you're splitting up or, you know, dying by a thousand small cuts. <laughs> Sam by a thousand says. cuts. Right, right, right. Um, so yeah, um, finishing work. That's probably the biggest thing because S- Sam ovens had a, uh, he was, I think I was listening to him a couple of days ago with this video <laughs> and he was saying that there were two groups of people that, um, I think it was a hypothetical situation, but anyway, here's the point I'm trying to say is there were two groups in a class and, um, no, it was a different guy, but anyway, Sam <laughs> ovens, there right. was, uh, cause I watch a lot of stuff. Sure. So there was a guy on YouTube mentioning that there was a class and half of the class was split up. Um, and they were given the assignment to make pots, clay pots, not pot. Oh, stop. <laughs> okay. I think we got it. Um, a dad joke anyway. Um, but one group was assigned to make as many pots as they can. And the other group was assigned to make the perfect pot and they had mm. six months mm-hmm. to do so. Mm-hmm. And at the end of six months, the, group that had that was assigned to make the most amount of pots as they could had a better success rate and Ah, takeoff rather than those that were assigned. You have to make one perfect pot. Got it. And that interesting, that's the same thing with music. If you're only focusing on making the perfect tune, you're never going to make it because you're constantly looking at things you, you'll never finish anything it's because you're like, ah, this, analogy. you know, my drums aren't perfect. Like the, the synth isn't perfect rather than, you know, this, this guy that's next to you yeah. who's cranking out two, three tracks, you know, a week, he's going to get much more farther than what you a are. Fabulous analogy. That's a great analogy because mm-hmm. you're right. I mean, the more and more you're doing of anything, whatever it is, you just mm-hmm. start and you'll be as imperfect. And yeah. like you even said earlier in our previous podcast, you you said your earlier stuff was was not really great. But I was making But you were just so doing much. a whole lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And over time, you were listening to your own mistakes, you were making corrections, you were open to other people critiquing you, mm-hmm. and you ended up just really becoming much, much better at what you did. Wow, that's great, great advice. I mm-hmm. think for anyone who's aspiring, that's really great yeah. advice to listen to. That's art if you're a mechanic, if you're, you know... Anything. Yeah, because everything is art at the end of the day. Running a business is an art. 
Um, this is true. Being an IT tech, being you know mechanic, absolutely true. Being a, a mom or a dad is an art. You know, being a parent. <laughs> it it has been for me. So. It's not a science. <laughs> it's true. It's not an exact thing. You have a. T- you want to listen to another one? Yeah. Of so yours? I'll give a, an overview of this this Please. track. Yeah. Um, before we start, go ahead. Yeah. This is called uh, the Professor. Yeah. This I cooked up um, last week. Okay. And the whole idea, because I, I got, I got new sounds, got more sample sample packs, um, and it helps me make stuff quicker because now that like I'm from the perspective of I can make what I want, but sound design is in a different category than writing a track and producing a song because you're engineering something, you're making something for someone to use rather than. Right here's what I'm feeling in this moment and here's how I'm trying to express myself. So what I did is I was, for some reason I'm in a like hip hop, chill out, trip hop phase. Okay. Um, so basically a, a, a halftime vibe is what I've been really inspired by lately and just trying to capture great groove and feeling. So what I did is I was like, okay, let me try to see how quick I can make something with the full intention of what I mean, okay. you know, and I had Rovan in mind mm. because he's constantly bam, 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 banger after banger. He is he constantly produce, producing man. stuff. So I'm like, Ravon let Ryan. me work on getting to that output to where I'm making two to three tracks a day rather than two to three tracks a week. And the thing that will help me is, you know, finishing stuff like this because I'm not taking a break from sound designing. I'm implementing more song production and composing and arranging so that I have stuff to show for who I am alongside with, you know, the sound design stuff. Cool. So. All right. So with that, let's go and listen to uh, the latest, uh, the professor, the one you did last week. So this one you did last week. Yeah. And it was, was this, I mean, like a, a, a long sit process as well? Or nah, I just it wrote just, it in you the just, day. Th- what? 
Yeah, I just, I was like, because I was, uh, I texted Danny, and I was, uh, Danny Lara is one of the other guys on Sonic Productions. For, yep, 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 for reference. Um, yeah. He, uh, I texted him, and I was like, you know, I'm going to start having more output of, you know, a minimum of at least two to three tracks a week. Okay. And trying to supplement either if I want to do all three tracks for Black Toast right. or three tracks for Sonic or split the difference. Black, to, Toast, Black Toast being one of the, uh, the yeah. folks that, that Sonic Productions is looking at, that we're, mm-hmm. we're partnering with. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So um, I was like, okay, let me see how long it's going to take me to write something within a day and give it a, you know, a decent mix down and stuff like that. Right. Um, so that took a day and then, excuse me, um, the next day I popped a master on it because I'm, I'm, you know, don't have a mastering person to master my <laughs> tunes. You, so you are the master. <laughs> so if the mix is good enough, it doesn't need a master, but I want to still make sure it's loud enough for, yes, yes, yes. You know, today's reasons of loudness, but right. yeah. So, um, that was me taking a drum loop that was already super, super fat. Yeah. And I was like, okay, here's what I'm feeling. So let me, and I was trying to go for a, a kind of like swing vibe where it swung a little bit, All right. a little lazy. Okay. Um, and not always quantizing drums is great because it gives it right. a more human feel. Great point. Um, and the fact that I can drum like that is like, okay, this is what I would actually play if I was to throw I down. I was going to ask you a lot here. about that because like I was asking you earlier, is it easier as a musician to start out in music or, you know, in keys, keyboards mm-hmm. or in drums or rhythm? It sounds like that there's a real advantage being a drummer, an active drummer, to be able to implement the real feel mm-hmm. behind the sounds. Yeah. Because I was listening to that, the professor, and I could I could hear there were a couple of different styles that were in that same song mm-hmm. that anyone else would have just gone with the drum machine, just made it straight. Yeah. So I can hear the advantage there. Mm-hmm. Good work. Good. Um I like this. This is really, really good. I, I want to go ahead and just kind of end this particular segment here. Uh, what other types of things should, especially aspiring musicians, know about the whole production side? Doing quantity, mm-hmm. doing more and more and more. What kind of couple things should they really know? Um, I would, I would probably say knowing how to how to set your mix right. Um, don't always throw a limiter or maximizer on channels. Okay. Um, understand how to like make your mix the way you hear it rather than listening to what modern day, you know, EDM people use, which is they'll throw sausage fatteners on it and like, uh, multiband compressors, like understand first the purpose of doing that Mm -hmm. before you just throw something on every mixer channel and then your master out because good advice. Um, if you're doing it because it's, it's a fad, you don't understand or why you're doing it. You're just doing it because this guy's doing it and it sounds really big. Well, I love that. The thing is if, you know, if you want something louder in the words of dead mouse, get an amp or some better speakers, <laughs> right? Because you can always turn something up. It's harder to turn something down. I would rather have Great to turn point. something up than, always constantly turn something down. Right. Um, but making sure that your mix isn't so low, you know, um, and then probably stay away or be cautious of 
watching too much content, too many tutorials, how-tos. Good. The the whole creative side of being, you know, a musician or a producer is to experiment yourself and find out what works for you so that you get your own voice rather than trying to replicate what someone else is doing. It's being your own voice. Yeah, it's it, it's a good point of understanding what makes a sound good. or how to get this particular sound. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, cool. I learned this cool lick, but how do I make it my own? Good. You know, really so good. that's the same with, with the sound. Cool. I learned how to make the sound, but how do I make it my own? Right. If you're just constantly, you know, watching this or, you know, it's not bad to get presets or, you know, sample packs or synthesizer packs, but understand at least try to get a one-on-one because if you're not a sound designer, I'm not going to say everybody needs a sound design because right. you probably, someone who's listening could probably slay it at, you know, arrangement and just cranking out stuff constantly and yep. knowing where to go to get something rather than like, um, this needs this kind of shimmer on it. So I'm going to open up this synth and tweak it. So some people don't think that way. Interesting. You know, good stuff. Good. Nick, I'm, I'm going to end that here. Cool. Uh, this is a good segment. Excellent segment. Thank you very much for this. Yeah. You've been listening to the Sonic cast where artists discuss their passion for creating music. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can find show notes in the descriptions, as well as information to hear more from our guest. You can also visit us at www.sonicproductions.biz to license music and shop for cool merchandise. Sonic Productions, our music, your story.